Welcome to the Cool Ship Podcast, dedicated to beer lovers, home brewers, and professionals alike. With your hosts, Warren, the Professor Wilson, and Matt, Zigmeister Ziegler. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to grab a beer and chill on the Cool Ship. Three, Matt. Yeah. Two, one. Welcome to Cool Ship. Cool Ship. <laughs> forgot our name. I already forgot the name. It's been a long day, a long couple of days. Um, today, uh, we're going to be talking about cider, like we promised when we came back to you last month. Um, cider has a long history, but we'll get into that in a little while. Again, this is Warren with Homebrew University and Matt with Zigmeister Brewing Company. Um, so today we're going to be discussing the history and how to make cider and what goes into the process, what kind of yeast you use. We're also going to be delving into a couple of samples, uh, starting with woodchuck hard cider and moving on down to a couple of others that you yeah, may have Yeah, we got a pretty of. decent lineup of Thanks to our here. producer, he brought us, he's trying to get us drunk again, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I am too. <laughs> um, so what's your knowledge of, of, uh, of apple cider, Matt. What's what's your experience? Uh, my experience for cider probably is just on the fermentation side. Okay. Um, I've, you know, brewed some homebrew style occasionally just because it's relatively easy. Actually, I only started pressing apples for cider when I met you. It's always been just jugs of cider previously. You so. said jugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we have a we, we have a live audience tonight. Thank this. you guys for showing up and. We just got done. Um, <laughs> we just got done pressing 14 gallons of apples that were grown in uh, Mr. Brown, Harry Brown's house in Hackettstown. Um, apparently, they are a mix of apple uh, hybrid, a golden delicious, and red delicious, and it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. We we went through that and. No time flat and made 14 gallons yeah, of, of tasty cider. freaking apples. Yep. Yeah. The hardest part about making cider is cleanup. That is yes. for sure. <laughs> so getting back to our uh, – thank you guys for coming. Um, get, getting back to what we're talking about here, uh, you said you just started pressing apples last year with me. Now, do you find anything different in fresh apple presses versus uh, store-bought apple cider? Hmm. Good question. It is. Uh, I don't know if I really looked that deep into it. I mean, I don't know if the ciders off the shelf at stores are just a pure blend, a pure strain of apple, or if it's a blend to begin with. I don't know if the apples that you got, most of the stuff that you get, is it blends of apples or yeah, is it just one it's, type? No, no. I, ne I never do a one type apple, um, except for tonight. I have never done a one type apple. It's always been a blend of stuff, but um, I'm just being fixed and primped by yeah, uh, <laughs> little by, wardrobe by malfunction there. <laughs> um, I've always done a blend of about six different apples, and I was always told that the blend is um, it makes it a little bit more interesting. So we'll see. the The cider that came off of these apples tonight was delicious. I don't know if you guys had a chance to taste it. 
but it was very yeah. dense and sweet. No, that was... um, and you could see the color of the brown, how quickly it oxidized into a brown color, almost immediate. Brush. A lot of sh so hopefully that'll that'll work well in, in our favor. Um, I wanted to talk about cider because we are in the height of the season. So currently this year we've pressed somewhere around a ton. No, I'm sorry, almost 2,500 pounds. So a ton yeah. and a half um, from apples. Well, apples. And just last night, a ton and a half. 500 pounds. Last night we did 500 pounds. That was, that was 20 gallons. Today I would say we were close to about 300, 400 yeah. pounds. I mean, there's a lot of apples in that press. 14 you gallons. decided to break out the power tools for this one. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to press all that. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> tiring. It's tiring work to, to do it manually. And, you know, God bless the people that were here last night that did it. And we did half of the batch tonight and manually. Yeah. So that was good. Um, really, uh, it's the most simple process in the world to make cider. It's apples crushed down to what's called pomace. Now, the pomace in apples is like a, a very rough version of applesauce that exposes all those cell membranes that contain the juice. So when you press it, you get the maximum amount of juice. Um, if you were to just chop your apples roughly into quarter inch cubes, we would, out of all those apples tonight, we'd probably get a half the amount that we made. Yeah, you, you wouldn't have been able Seven to Seven gallons, them. yeah. And unfortunately, in the homebrewing realm, and I don't know if you know anybody that does this professionally, but in the homebrewing realm, people don't take the time to crush it properly and they just waste. Either they don't care because they don't want the time or because they don't have the right equipment or know who to seek out to get that right equipment to do so. So if you're interested in doing it, seek out your local homebrew supply shop. Um, if they're not into crushing apples, shame on them. They should be. It is uh, the first and foremost uh, fermented beverage this United States has had at one point yeah. in our history. And um, so a good segue for me to get into history. Do you know anything about the history of the product? A little bit, anything? Uh, I think I was reading somewhere that, what was it? Um, the actual apples that Johnny Appleseed spread were cider apples, not regular apples. And the big difference between those is they're more, what's it, more sugar content, but also more bitter, right? right? So you don't want to don't want to usually eat a cider apple right right uh they are tart and yeah. bitter and gritty and disgusting so if you picture what we call crab apple today yeah that was cider apples back then um for some reason they make really they have really good sugar content when fermented and they make really very dry cider and that's the thing that people liked was that it was dry and it cleared up very nicely now you, you hit on Johnny Appleseed, and I don't know if you knew that when the settlers came over, there is that, you know, very romantic story of how Johnny Appleseed yeah. took an apple and gave everyone a plan. That's actually a true story because there was such a distrust in drinking water uh, that people were dying because of uh, diphtheria or whatever yeah. kind of disease that was found in the water. And Johnny Appleseed did go across the country from east to west planting trees so people could make cider huh. um, in the first i think the first century or not first decade and somewhere around 1670 new england orchards produced 500 hogsheads of cider now 
no one's ever used that term before until I, I look at <laughs> a hogshead. Is so you, one, can't, you can't really fit that many apples into a hogshead. No, no. What <laughs> hell of a tasty meal, you know? <laughs> Bacon and apples. Who wouldn't go that now? Has nothing to do with pigs. But oh, okay. um, a hogshead is one and a half uh, imperial barrels. Oh, okay. So if you think about it, it's right around 2,000, right? 1,500 would be 1,500. 1,500 barrels of cider. Yeah. So from 1670, New England orchards produced 500. And by 1722, nearly 50 years later, they were producing somewhere around 3,000 um, hogsheads. Wow. It really took off. Yeah. So they're, they're producing a lot. And they, that wasn't the only thing. Um, I have a picture of a hogshead. That's what a hogshead looks like. <laughs> um, uh, if you ever get a chance, we'll post something on the Facebook page so we can get something there. I'll, I'll talk to my producer about doing something like that. I'm making promises. He's looking at me like, you can't do that right now. <laughs> so, um, so hopefully we'll be able to do that. But I'll get back to you on that. It, they didn't go to waste. They would make cider, uh, kinder cider, and or cider kin. Yeah. Um, which was a very reduced alcoholic version it's of just cider. Watered down, right? They would take the second running. They would take the pomace, yeah. reconstitute it with water, and press it again, and then the children would drink that. So not only were we drinking cider as adults, but our children were drinking cider. Um, more cider than beer, and it was because of Johnny Appleseed. Now, we're going to speed this up a bit because we want to get into these beers and we want to talk about them a little bit, and history is kind of a little boring to a lot of people, but once Johnny Appleseed started spreading those, if you think about the weight of an apple, 500 pounds is not, not a lot. That's 10 uh, bushels. 10 bushels of apples is heavy, and to, to move apples across railways costs a lot of money it's a lot and so with the advent of german settlers settlers in the united states coming to the united states and making good beer grain lighter less less of a uh, a weight easier to transport um became the norm and then when pro that was one strike then when prohibition hit that was the second strike and during prohibition the beer makers of this country the big beer makers of this country started writing laws and really spreading lies about how cider was poisonous. Um, disease from the feces found on the cider apples that were on the ground were causing your children to be sick. And so they start all these different rumors. And so people start not drinking, they drink less and less cider. And then they put into law, these lobbyists for these big beer drinkers, put into law that any kind of... Um, Apple cider that's produced by anybody has to be um, uh, pasteurized. And when you pasteurize cider, you do away with flavor. And so it becomes less of a flavorful drink. So be because of that, and as they lobbied for more beer, Matt, more beer makers, Matt, um, and I say that because he's, he's Matt. <laughs> Matt is right in, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but for us, people that make cider, it's, it's now just coming to fruition where we have more and more people making cider. You'll see more and more commercials about cider and more and more cideries opening it up. So um, briefly, that was the basic history of cider. How, and I can go into depth, and I'm sure I will touch upon it a little bit more, but um, I think 
we're coming up to probably our first break um and i'm rambling on and on so a little bit <laughs> before we do why don't why don't we just pour ourselves some um cider and we'll talk about um what we're drinking so go ahead matt tell them what we're drinking today uh, what do we got here we got a uh, woodchuck hard cider it's the amber served cold five percent so <laughs> naturally gluten-free Amber. Yeah, I was going to say this uh, that that one of the big things that's pushed inside of these days is everybody trying to be gluten free, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's one of the helpful things. Yeah, yep, absolutely. That damn gluten. Let's see here. Read the back of the uh, woodchuck thing. Amber was the first cider cre uh, crafted in our two car garage back in '91. Recipe remains the same today as that first hand hand filled bottle. Damn. They've been brewing almost as long as I've been brewing. Yeah. No, we're, we're still on. You can talk. Bob, you have a question? No, it didn't have to be exactly the cider. More with gluten. Like I just... Uh, Got to talk loud. Making, making some pickles. Oh, hold on a second, Bob. Yeah, you got to talk into it. Got our, yeah. talk, guest, uh, talk about your pickles. That's okay. You That's can okay. talk about your pickles. Audience member, Bob. I got to crack open this uh, this here. I just started making some simple pickles, the kind that uh, you put in the refrigerator to slice up something. Now, what the hell made you think of pickles when we're talking about cider? Well, Gluten. so I said to her, hey, try these pickles. And she said, every hipster in America is making pickles. And I, I didn't know that. But I said, so you must be a hipster. Gluten-free <laughs> gluten -free pickles. <laughs> You have a nice gluten-free pickle there, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome, Bob. <laughs> I've been trying to market it that for years. <laughs> and we've already gone there. Oh, goodness. So typical cider that I'm smelling right now, It's it tastes just like, I mean, it's, it smells just like the cider we make. So yeah. it's, it's funny, like, whenever you're making something at home and you're always second-guessing yourself and you're always like, Really? Am I really? Is this really what it tastes like? And yep. it's exactly what it tastes like. So don't be discouraged. It's not a, if, it's not a dry cider. Mm -mm. Got some definite sweetness there. Yeah. I would say it's semi-dry. Oh, we just got an update on the on the game. Six nothing Mets. That's awesome. I love the Mets. So um, I'm not quite like fond of this one. This one's got tartness to it. It's got a tartness. It's got that little bit of sweetness in there. It's got sweetness it, for it, sure. It's got a, it's got an apple flavor though in the back. That, you know, sometimes you lose it when you get a little bit dry, in a in a cider. But this definitely comes through. The peach wine that we made. Yeah. Definitely lost it. So when you're making cider, if you want it sweet, you don't want to ferment below one or ten. I think you want to keep it up around ten. Yeah. Anything lower, you're just going to start to lose apple flavor, and it becomes to be like more like champagne. So. This this kind of reminds me, not to, not as a, a negative point, but like the uh, uh, those faux champagnes you have that are alcohol free, like out the, you have that apple, the sparkling apple, sparkling apple stuff. It's got that Martinelli, apple flavor. Yeah. It is, it's yeah. got that apple flavor in there, similar to this. It does. It doesn't taste like it has any alcohol in it. Yeah. 
No, the Mart the Martinelli does it, but we're saying this yeah. tastes very similar to it. It almost doesn't taste like there's any alcohol yeah, in here. Does, right. Now, but do you think I'll he uses any spices here? Well, you know, I'm not getting anything. So. I'm not no. getting any cinnamon. Um, no. But what makes it amber then? Is it the brown sugar? Did he use brown sugar in this? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not getting so. hmm? caramel. Uh, yeah, can hard cider less than one percent of natural flavor, caramel color, sulfites to protect flavor, and lightly carbonated to so naturally uses coloring. They put a little coloring in there. I wonder if that coloring is that uh, that fake coloring that you can buy as a homebrew shop, whatever that is. The Cinemar. Cinemar, yeah. Cinemar is made from malt, though. It's made it from is. malt, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it adheres to the Ryan Hutzkel book. Absolutely. It's Weirman. Hmm. Excuse me. Mm. You should know this. I should know this. <laughs> so during the 1800s, cider was the best uh, drink. Um, it was the the height of you'd go to a popularity pub back then, and that's usually what you'd be pouring. A yourself. tankard of cider a day keeps the doctor away. That is the original saying. Not an apple a day. It was a tankard of cider a day, um, and that's really what the history is. There were politicians that were in our United States. Um, showing pictures of themselves drinking cider, and it was an everyday man's drink. And people with yeah, cider were, yeah, beer was more expensive, but everyone made cider. Everyone was easy to make cider. Everyone had apples. You know, they would have a community press. It'd be about the size of this building, and they would bring all the apples in, and they would press all, and then they would put it in their barrels and wheel it away for a better day. Yeah, I've been saying for years that if every so Bob, yeah, Bob said that it would be easy for kids to get drunk these days, and that's uh, probably why yeah. science classes don't go too much into fermentation. And that's that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> sh shitty in my book. That's kind of yeah. that sucks because if I had known that that was something that you could do, and I, I don't know if I said this before, I would have went to college for that. Yeah. You know. They probably would have been flooded with people, <laughs> all kinds of people. Can you imagine a home college? Yeah. Maybe it would be called a forever college because no one would graduate. University. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe they would make a homebrew university. Is it UC Davis have a big fermentation mm -hmm. program or yes. is it UCSD? No, it's, U no, it's Davis. UC, UC, UC Davis. UC yep. Davis. Yeah. See, that's just it. They're not just uh, fermenting, they do everything. Yeah, like they're fermentation science. It's. It's everything, yeah. yeah. So it's incredible. So it's wine, cheese, everything. everything. It's a four-year degree on fermentation. Any, yep. any, yeah. Yeah, pickles. that's what. That's you what. You talk about your gluten pickles in that yeah. class. I'm sure mm -hmm. they have a whole semester dedicated to your gluten-free pickle. Yeah, your your pickle's <laughs> nice and gluten-free. <laughs> you have to go there. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> the best-tasting pickle I ever had. <laughs> Say that out loud, right? Um, <laughs> So people like John Adams, Horace Greeley, William Byrd, Nicholas Spencer, they were all people that were well-known in politics back then, and they were all people that were known to drink cider. Yeah. Um, the biggest, can you name the biggest growing state in the colonies back then? Huh. Anybody shout out the name of a state that they think was the... New York. No, why, that why would have been my guess. That would have been my guess, too. Virginia. It was Virginia. Virginia, I think he saw the, the power slide. 
It was the Shenandoah you Valley. Have, you actually have the answer? Yeah. <laughs> it was the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia that had the best growing region. Um, uh, why were so the question begged? Why were why are there little known cideries in uh, in Virginia these days? Um, and so the temperance and prohibition. Temperance was definitely one of them. Um, prohibition was another. Yeah. So during prohibition, cider wasn't. Uh, cider was an alcoholic, any beverage. alcoholic beverage. Any alcoholic beverage. Any alcoholic beverage. So. So why did the beer folks have to? What did the sheep herders have to be so down on the cattle ranchers? This is a good question. You know, temperance really put a stifle in the growth of alcoholic beverages in this country. And then once prohibition ended, the beer said, fuck you, cider. Yeah. We're going to be the drink of this country. And you're going to go down. Oh, well, it's probably and, a couple things as well. Because, I mean, when you're looking at it, grain can be used for a lot of things. Yeah. So once the... You know, you couldn't ferment the grain anymore. You could use it for whatever you want. Right. These cider apples taste like crap. You can't really use them for much else except making cider. So I'm sure they switched over their stuff to, you know, regular apple farms. And then why would they go back? Right. <laughs> you know. So they were probably still in a kind of weak condition. Yeah. And beer had the potential to kick back up. So. So, you know, this whole power slide presentation that I have that I'm not going to be able to get to anybody, but the class people, it, it asks the question, why was cider beaten down? And why did it disappear? And there really is no answer. Temperance and prohibition did away with all alcoholic beverages, to your point, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so other bogus reasons like chopping down orchards in support of temperance. There is no real evidence of anybody chopping down any orchards. There's no real evidence of blight destroying the orchards. There's no real evidence that German immigrants made better beer uh, replacing the cider. However, um, what about the other English outposts and in England? How come the Germans didn't take over those? And why is cider the one that's going away? Um, taste does not. It's now the fast, one of the fastest growing industries. But yeah, yeah, now it is. But second to, second to beer, though, craft beer is still the first. Yeah. Taste does not determine behavior. Things just don't happen because it tastes better. In fact, aversion to immigration is more likely the cause than the latter. Um, for tax purposes, cider beverages made from fermented apples, and it doesn't exceed 8%, and freshly pressed apples produce apple juice. This is a, a misnomer I have with my customers all the time. Whenever I say I'm making cider, people think of the, the brown stuff that you get at your supermarket yeah back then it was actually the alcoholic version cider always meant that it was an alcoholic juice from apples juice on the other hand um, is either the dark version which is unfiltered or the filtered version which is filtered and additive yeah um there's additives added to it to make it clear exactly um Orange juice without sugar? Really? That's that's disgusting. Yeah. So um, dessert orange juice. <laughs> conglomerate of reasons why cider vanished were the apples were a less desirable crop for a mobile population. It takes ten years to grow a great production of apples. Barley can be harvested in a single summer. 
Western regions are too harsh for apples. And the amber waves of grain in the plains was ideal to grow grains out west. So grains really took over. Yeah. Um, and glamour reasons, bread, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm ready to take a break. I've been talking too much, and uh, my glass is definitely not full yet. <laughs> and I think I'm going to have to use the, the little boys' room. We're back in two and two. Um, we're here with Matt, a gang of people from our brew session today, and, of course, Bob. Yeah, we'll grab our side and be back. Hey guys, we're back. Uh, we got a couple more ciders here with us now. We also have our uh, our house resident, our house, <laughs> our house chit chat who likes to talk about his pickle, uh, Bob. <laughs> Welcome, Bob. Why don't you give us a little bit about what you I do? I also you like done. to talk about cider. I've made about okay. twenty-five batches. Not twenty-five batches of cider, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So let, let me introduce uh, Bob the proper way. Bob is. Uh, introduced himself to me, I don't know, two years ago, he came in with a, a book of pictures th that he went to this festival. He was so happy that I was in town and he just didn't know about it. I'm like, you, you got to come. He was dressed in like um, some Hawaiian shirt. Of course. And he was, he was with his wife, <laughs> Diana, and he's talking to me about, into length about, you know, the, the festivals that he went to and the pictures and all this French stuff. And he's up in Canada and he can't, you know, he does all this stuff, and he goes, you know, I'm not really a Sounds brewer. Like me. Yeah. And he goes, I'm not, I'm not really a brewer, um, but I do make cider. I'm like, you'd fit perfectly in our club. Why don't you come by? And ever since then, we can't get rid of the guy. I know. No, no it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So we invited him here tonight to talk to us uh, about it, partly because I know he makes cider, uh, and I know he has some experiences. He also makes some weird concoctions, like fermented pineapple juice. Yeah, he's got no problem experimenting. No, That's not at all. It's, his, it's the chemist in him. Used to be a research chemist. So yeah. there you go. It helps. Um, give us a little bit of background about what you and how you got into cider. You know, I, um, I actually was brewing beer, but I was brewing beer with, uh, with a friend. He was and brewing and you were watching. Yeah, mostly right? he was brewing and I was watching and he had all the equipment. And when he's, <laughs> he... Uh, he didn't exactly lose interest, but he had other things that pressing matters, so he stopped growing but don't boom. suddenly. He said pressing matters. And I really <laughs> wanted to keep going with it, and I knew enough about cider to know that I had the equipment to do that. It's basically no equipment. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of five-gallon fermenters. And, and, and you keep some, threatening. You keep threatening. I'm going to brew. I'm going to brew. One of these days I I'm going to brew. brew. So what you just heard me pour is uh, Magner's Irish Cider. So this is something right up the, the alley with our guests tonight who's straight off the boat. Um, <laughs> the sun is not a friend to him either. Uh, this, I, <laughs> his name is Harry, and he came in and pressed some apples tonight with a bunch of his friends. And um, he, he'd be the first to, to say that, you know, this is the, the way the Irish Cider should go and how we have to have this. Um, 
but we went golfing. Speaking of the sun, we went golfing a couple of weeks ago at this benefit together, and I walked off of there, and I think I was redder than red. Yeah, you you were. <laughs> uh, and I had to go to a, a an event after the golf man. I was beat. I was just bushed. But that was a lot of fun. We had a good time together, didn't we? So, um, getting back to you, Bob. Um, where's your glass? And what's in that glass now? It looks like you spit uh, something in there. It's foaming. Uh, Stout. We're going to get you a new glass. <laughs> so this one's a little Thank funky. You. Try that. It is. Let me know but what it's you also think. very sweet. Right. It's almost and, uh, and Matt, give a, give a little... Can you give a little bit more about Magners, where it's from? Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's an Irish cider. It is from Ireland. Uh, <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that, yes. Uh, I thought they could uh, grow apple trees in Ireland. Cre created by William Magner in 1935. Did he move uh, to the U.S.? <laughs> no, he stayed in Ireland because okay. he kept making it there. You sure it's not potato? Nah, it's not. It, it <laughs> might be. Um, <laughs> potato fruit. It's uh, apparently a blend of 17 varieties of apples. Varieties of apples creates a unique, distinctive, and refreshing flavor. How many varieties? 17. Wow, that's a lot more than I thought. Yeah, the other big one in Ireland now is Bulmers. That's the other big one. But Magnus is definitely one of the top five. Okay. Yeah, it does have a very different aroma than the other ones. Yeah, it almost smells like it's soured. Yeah. Almost like a... Soured, almost a little... But is that just from the steak. apples? <laughs> steak? Yeah. Is there steak in that? A little bit of like... A little bottled steak? steak? tip. Bert, steak tips. Sirloin tips. That's Sirloin zipper, tips. That's what I'm thinking. Sirloin tips? You know, it's funny. I have apples... Don't get any of that in the flavor, though. No, no. It's nice and sweet and smooth. It is. Um, it's funny. You walk past the apples that I have in this store, and that's what you smell. You smell exactly what you smell in this one. Almost like a little bit of rot going on. Yeah. Almost a little <laughs> fermentation going on. But that's so, the perfect that's the perfect apple to yeah. put into a cider. Right. Uh, rotten because apple. they've they've broken down all the sugars in the apple. It's ready to ferment. It's all ready to go. And it's so easy. And you to crush squeeze. it right yep. there in there. It comes right down. Yeah. Right down in your bucket. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's got some good <laughs> it's got some good uh, off flavors to it. Uh, the scent, but the, there's no off flavor. No, there's no very smooth. Mm. Very rounded flavor, very smooth. So, it's, Warren, this is 4.5% alcohol. How do you this, account for that? So, this really tastes a little bit watered down to me. I Almost like that, a cider can. I know mm. there's a, a Swedish one that says, you know, touts how pure their water is that they brew cider with. And I always thought that's like... Uh, they must have to use water to get the mass production levels that they need. For us, for me, I, I'm all about just juice. I don't like mm -hmm. back sweetening it. I don't mm -hmm. like adding water. Um, I think that water is the flavor down. And it, this one almost has like a very slight watered down flavor to it. Yeah. But I can feel the alcohol in this a little bit more so than the other. And this is only 4.5%. So go figure. Now, unless they're... Um they're killing the yeast, and the residual sweetness is not from back sweetening, but at a at a from, big level, um, at a large level, production level, 
I'm sure they have the capability to do so. Uh, a lot easier than we do. Once we kill the yeast, it's very hard to, to get the carbonation back in. I don't know if you have experience with high croisoning or croisoning. Yeah. Where you're adding yeast back in after you kill the yeast to get mm -hmm. some carbonation. Again, that's a risky subject with apple cider because you could have bottle bombs. Yeah. The big the I mean the biggest reason you would want to do that is just for a better stability on the yeast that you're using for carbonation as opposed to what you used for fermentation. Now I would love to get my hands on some you know, some heirloom apples, because I'm sure the apples that Magnus uses have been around for a very long time. Unfortunately, here in the States, the original apple orchards have either been lost or destroyed, or now they're in people's yards, and people have moved so often that they don't know what kind of apple it is or where yeah. the apple yeah. came from, and it's very hard to trace back. Even when you have a professional apple grower in the area, look at your apples, like I'm, I'm sure you did. Um, with the best fruit farm up the road here. Um, Bob looked at the apple, and I think he picked it out. But even with that, it could be off. You don't know unless you have it examined properly and down to the cell membrane and what it was in that apple. Now, heirloom apples are very hard to come by. And this, um, this issue of Ale Street News okay. has a lot of um, information about apple cidering. Okay. And um, it has a lot of stuff in New York State, where, which is a pretty big apple growing yeah. area. A, yeah. And a lot of the places that are um, small cideries that are starting up have heirloom. I guess they buy heirloom orchards or something. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean New York makes, grows tons of apples. I mean, we saw that issues in Jersey last year, I think it was last year, the year before when they had the late frost and it killed off all the bloom or majority of the blooms on, uh, on the apple trees. And they had apple shortages and all, you know, everyone was up in arms that, you know, apple picking was going to be bad. I'm sure the apple cider people were crying as well because I'm sure their apple prices were going mm -hmm. through the roof for stuff like that. And that but, would have been in New York state too. Well, that was, probably. that was New York state at the, uh, at the time when they had the, that, that frost. So yeah. So there there are different varieties of apples, cider apples that are grown at different times of year. We have oh. summer, fall, which is early fall, we have middle fall, and we have late fall. And all those apples produce different types of sugars. And from the, the talks that I've had with some people around this area or some people that make cider, it's the later fall additions that give you the best type of cider. And it's very tough to come by. But I have about 10 slides full of apples. And I, would, I could go through um, reading all these, but that'd be monotonous and um, kind any, of. Any ones stand out to you as yeah, Jonah, Jonah Gold, uh, Noel de Champs, and Roxbury Russet. Um, all the ones that I have in red are the ones that you can find around here. Yeah, Jonah Gold regular, yeah. They're fresh and cider. You get bittersweet cider for Noel de Champs, and then the, the Roxbury Russet are uh, very well, too. Those are all early fall, and we're still, believe it or not, in the early fall yeah. period. Late fall doesn't happen until beginning of November to the end of November, even the end of November into December. And some of the varieties that you can get from them, uh, Bramley's Seedling, uh, Domains, 
uh, Tremlett's Bitter, Kevil Blanc de Hiver, um, which I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But a very famous one that's very famous around here is Baldwin. Baldwin apples are everywhere. As a matter of fact, I have some Baldwin apples in the back. And people that come in here all the time with their own apples, the main variety that was grown around this area is Baldwin. And so I, I would be remiss to think that they are uh, golden delicious and red delicious, yeah. but more of a Baldwin apple. If we, if I can take one of his apples, I don't know if he left them here or not, but we could take one of his apples and the Baldwin, a, a sure known Baldwin apple, and put them together and be like, oh, they're Baldwin. You know, so even the apples that I get from the mass producers are Baldwin these days. I, I've been tempted, but I haven't had enough nerve to do this to sort of jazz up cider that's made with basically drinking apples by. Uh, chopping up some crab apples and putting them in there. Crab apples are delightful. Every time I taste them, they taste so bitter mm -hmm. and so astringent that it's hard to know how much to put in. About 3% is what you want to do. 3% of the total amount of apples. So if you're doing like 84 or 80 pounds, 3% of 80 is 2.4 pounds of those, right? Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, but I'm usually buying already pressed cider, and mm -hmm. so I would put in chopped up. Yeah, I would. I would still do if you're doing a five gallon batch. I would still do about two and a half pounds of, if you can, two and a half pounds of the crab apples. One that's around this area that you guys might have had before, which is very good for cooking and for eating, but it's also uh, heirloom is Newtown Pippin, or Pippin. Have you ever had a Pippin apple before? I think I have just recently. Yeah, they're good apples, and they're between the Baldwin and the Pippin. They're good apples to uh, to to press with. But you know, I wanted to get out here. I wanted to talk about this cider because right now, is that my chair doing yeah, that? That's yours. Um, sorry about that. Um, I'll get up in a second because this chair is going to squeak all night long if I keep doing it. But I wanted to get out there and talk about the ciders because now is the time to be doing this. If you're thinking about doing it next month, it's going to be a little too late. Too little too late. Mm -hmm. So um, our next cider is what on board here? We got a uh, what's it? Cider Boys. First press traditional hard cider. Where are they out of? Let's see. Where are they out of? Uh, I thought you actually knew that because yesterday, like, yeah, I get the cider boys. Well, I I've had them before, but I didn't yeah. I didn't know yeah. where they were actually from. It looks like Wisconsin. Uh Wisconsin. Good old Wisconsin, and of course, gluten free. Made with cheese. <laughs> it's made with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe lactose, from under cheese. Lactose, not for the lactose intolerant or the faint yeah. part. <laughs> no, I've so had it before. I liked you, it. What do you think of uh, the uh, Magners? Bob. You know, I always think it's really sweet, and maybe I've just gotten used to the kind of bone dry cider that I make, mm. and I actually think it's too dry. But uh, I'm kind of so you know on the same thing. It's like I'm so used to making, like you're saying, like really dry ciders that if I have almost any slight sweetness in there, I think of it. Oh, it's a sweet cider. When really. They're not necessarily sweet ciders. They're really not that no. sweet. You know, it, they are sweeter than what we're used to because the EC1118 or the K1B1116 or the Premier Cuvée Champagne yeast, mm -hmm. they're workhorses. They just chomp away at that fructose yeah. till there's my nothing first, left. My first dozen batches or so were with Champagne yeast, and they 
they just went down to like 992, 991. Yeah. And for those that don't know, that's that that density is below water, so it's thinner than water. Um, yeah, and they were generally like really high alcohol. I'd put all yeah. kinds of things in them, dates. Did and, you really? And uh, palm sugar. See, you're crazy with that kind of thing. Palm, I am. So you, you like to experiment with that. For me, it's just about the apple. Mm. You know, I'd almost the enjoy ingredient. Yeah. I'd almost enjoy myself if I could get five pounds of one apple and press it. Five pounds of another apple and press it, and, and then compare. blend, and then blend, compare, and then blend the two together yeah. after they're fermented. See, this smells like apple cider. Yeah, like stuff you get straight from the store, like yeah. non-alcoholic apple cider. Yep. The Magners actually had like a wine smell to it. Or it something. did. It, it had did. that funk, yeah. that yeah. funky like homemade wine smell. Yeah. yeah. Almost like it had um, potassium metabisulfite sprayed on top of it a little bit to 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 douse to yeah, kill yeah. off the yeast. This is though very. It's got the sweetness. This is sweet. Yeah, this is definitely. This is the sweetest one we had tonight. Yep. This is definitely a chick, penny dropper. If you're out there and you want to drink this and you want your girlfriend to go and have a good time, and she doesn't drink beer, this is definitely one to, to get. Yeah. It's sweet. Easy drinking. Easy drinking cinnamon. It's almost candy like. Yeah, yeah it is and candied apple easy kind of flavor. Drink. Yeah. So how do you keep, I think you've talked about it already, but I mean, is, is the residual sweetness in commercial cider from back sweetening or is it, do you think it's more of a yeast characteristic that they, uh, which probably control it's, it's a, probably a little bit of both. Okay. So they have their choices. They could back sweeten the cider to make it taste sweet. They could stave fermentation by killing the yeast off as soon as they reach a certain level in their attenuation by adding sorbates. And that'll stop the yeast from fermenting. So if they get down to like 1015, if they started at 1080 and get down to 1015 and they cut it, you'll have a sweetness, a residual sweetness left over. Um, adding any real dextrose or anything to your ferment is just going to ferment it even further. My, so. my guess on a majority of these, especially on the larger one, it's just a guess because I, I have not been to a, a professional cider uh, brewery before. But would be that they they ferment it out in full to whatever their yeast is going to do. They either filter the yeasts out, add some preservative to it, and then back sweeten with fresh cider. Yeah, there's to bring up the sweetness. Apparently, getting four and four point two percent alcohol. Mm -hmm. Then they're also either diluting it or they're stopping it and preserving yeah, the, the sugar. Yes, yeah, this is the definitely rest of the sugar. This is definitely um, back sweetened. Like with the Magners or with the the first one that we had there, um, the Woodchuck, I feel that those, that would have been yeast flavor. It, it you know, cuts off at whatever the yeast is because it's not sweet. Mm. But this one being sweet, it would have been back sweetened by, more than likely by cider. Yeah, I would, I would say this is definitely like a frozen concentrate cider. Yeah. There's 26 grams of sugar Still listed. Listed. Yeah. as part of the ingredients. So they definitely have to back sweeten it to get that in there. Mm -hmm. Or else this would become a bottle bomb. And where mm -hmm. is this? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, right. And how do they get that real good <clears throat> apple smell out of it? Is that from, you think, from back sweetening with cider? Yeah. You're, yeah. Because you have yeah, so much of that right. still, that 
apple sweetness in it that hasn't been fermented away. Yeah. Once you hit that with some CO2 in there, it's just going to pop right out in the aroma. Yeah. So actually, that's an that's an interesting question, which is if you're if you're making cider yourself and you want to keep as much aroma as possible, is there one yeast versus another, or a certain carbonation level you try to hit to 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 keep the aroma? Cider's definitely pure. on the higher side of carbonation. Um, yeah, you're talking about five, six. Balls. Closer to closer to soda, it's like the, the inter intermediate between beer and soda is where you would usually hit cider with for CO two level, um, and just kind of al almost similar to with uh, you know late hopping on your beer. By adding the cider in with no fermentation, it still has all those volatile aromas in there that haven't been pushed off through fermentation, mm -hmm. and it's going to just pop right out with you with. You. So there's a couple of ways that you could do that, and we do that with beer. It's after fermentation, can't scrub anything off. You add extract flavoring to the batch and bottle away, as you would any other thing. Yep. Um, or, you know, the chemistry side of it, too, that acetaldehyde is the flavor of green apple, is the chemical compound that gives you that flavor of green apple. So they can inject acetaldehyde into the beer to get that green flavor or as our home brewers would do you could take your cider and bottle away as normal fill the bottle up with cider and then drop a green apple jolly rancher in the <laughs> bottle yeah. and cap it away and there you go <laughs> you have green apple flavor carbonation etc so i would i would love to try that yeah. I, I just, are those like the weight of each one is is, is right around where you would for cider. Like for so for, for beer, really, you have to be very careful. Uh, for beer, they they do work, but for beer, it gets really carbonated. But for cider, there's no foam, hardly any foam. Yes, yeah, so you really don't have to worry about. So you don't have to worry about. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, since cider, since the cider, we usually wind up with is very dry. I like it to be really carbonated, yeah. like champagne, mm -hmm. little tiny yep. millions of bubbles. Yeah. So that's what my next venture is going to be when I make the cider here. I'm going to take a case of them and put Charlie Ranchers in them <laughs> just to see how it works, see if it comes out good or not. Oh, yeah, oh my goodness. That'd be cider, good. Cider, cider with hop candies? No. So, well, that's hop cider. Is, hop is, cider is, is the is new a, latest a thing. thing. Yeah. It's a new thing. I, I've, ne I've never had hop cider. I haven't either. I, I, can, I feel like that would be weird. Because there's so much that maybe on a dry one it'd be a little different, but like on any one with slight residual sweetness in there, I feel it would just come through weird. Yeah, you know, you, you got a point. But I'm I'm intrigued at like the citrusy hops against the apples for something sweet, and I'm also intrigued by for something dry like the Sots or the Hallertauer hop to go mm. with some kind of German noble hop. Tetanager. If I remember correctly, the Woodchuck has a hop cider version. Do they? Yeah, they have a bunch of. Yeah, there's a bunch of woodchuck flavors, and hopped hopped is one of them. Now, in the new beer judge certification program, judging for cider, they break that down, like they did with mead and with IPAs. Oh, I don't know. So they have like hop cider, or sweet cider, dry cider. They might just call it like specialty cider if they have a specialty cider one. Yeah. That kind of takes away from the the excitement. Yeah. A specialty. So well, I think you should review this uh, last cider, then we'll take a oh, break yeah, and maybe get into Perry's. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, 
Okay, you know. so the last one we got on this table here before we jump to something a slight bit different here is uh, Doc's Draft, their original hard apple cider, the great American cider. See, that's such shit that they have to put hard apple cider on there. Yeah. But I guess it's because people need to know. It's because, like you said before, you know, us, the way we say it now in stores, during this season, apple juice is now called cider. <laughs> So, but Doc's is uh, New York, New York State apples. Local, so we got a local. Yeah, Pine Island, New York, produced and bottled. Pine Island, Pine Island, New York. Was it expensive? Oh yeah, Doc's is a little bit more up there. Why is it so damn expensive? Because they put it in a big bottle, so they can charge more money (laughs) for it. (laughs) Damn, I should take their. I mean, that's all we do here is big bottles. Twenty twos. <clears throat> okay, is there any uh, any writing on this guy? Unique handcrafted hard apple cider made pressed by New York State apples fermented with champagne yeast and malic acid. Contains sulfites and it's also gluten-free. Who would have thought? Yeah, malic acid, huh? So, apple apple acid. Why would you put warren uh, why would you put warren acid? Why would you put malic acid in cider wort? It's a natural occurring acid in apple. Yeah. Malic acid. And then there's a quote from Theodore Roosevelt on here, but if you feel like buying your own bottle, you can read his quotes. <laughs> what, you don't want to, you don't like Theodore? No, I got no problem with Theodore. I just don't feel like reading his quotes at the moment. I feel like drinking a cider. Yeah, I can I can do more with Now, this is the kind of cider that I'm used yeah. to. This is This is I could tell right off the bat. This is clear cider, bubbly. Yeah, and dry. I have a friend who just loves nothing but ciders. She doesn't drink beer, so she's a little upset every time that I've got all these beers on tap. She comes over and she's like, "During the fall, you got to make ciders." And Docs is one of her favorites. She likes the the drier ciders, and this is definitely. I'm finding more and more customers coming here. I'm like, I ask them the question, "What do you want, dry or sweet?" Everyone's saying dry. Yeah. They want dry. They don't dry. I don't know if it's age thing. Because, you know, the older you get, Bob, the drier you like them, right? It's just natural process. <laughs> Butterfly. We've been trying to dry you out for a very long time. <laughs> mm. This is very nice. Mm. Very easy drinking. Also a little bit lighter. Um, Land. Yeah, but again, you know, it's... That's like it tends to come through with dry drier ciders has a little bit more of that blandness to it compared to but the last cider we had. This is yes. total opposite, complete. The there is that you still get some of that appley flavor in there. It's not dry to the point of like no taste. No, there's no. Um, there's still you still getting a bit of that that apple juicy flavor in the back there, but it's definitely not sweet. But again, we're coming across that typical smell. Of fermentation, yeast. Yeah, and this one also says it does contain sulfites, so you're going to get that. You, you're getting that the sulfite aroma. in the aroma. Yep. Sulfites are used for preservative, preserving, making properties. sure that this is not going to ferment any further, or that nothing else is going to get in there and ferment away. At Correct. It. You know, talk a little bit about that um, difference between potassium metabisulfite or sulfite. Versus um, a sorbate. You guys should know the difference. What the difference between sorbates and sulfites are. In 
I think I know what they are, but I don't want to sound like a fool because I'm not really sure. From what I understand, sorbates kill the yeast. And the others inhibit. And the others just inhibit. And here's the point in the show where we had some serious audio difficulty. All right, we're back. So we're back? <laughs> we're back, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, Bob, you were saying, well, we took that little intermediary there. Um, you were saying something about uh, a pathway that you found in your backyard. I think this is a pretty interesting yeah, story. Not, not actually in my backyard, but in the, in the woods behind my house. Okay. Is a road that's about the remains of a road that's about six or eight feet wide. Just enough for like uh, a wagon. A wagon. Sure. A wagon that's laden with something pretty heavy. Right. And so I followed it to the end. It's tough going because it probably was filled in with soil that's all washed out of it. So you're walking on all these boulders and it's a good way to twist your ankles. Usually I walk alongside it and then climb up on it at the end. And there's, um, at the end of it, there's the remains of a couple of buildings. There's a mill race and there's these sort of half cylinders. Is it right along the river? It is right along the river. So it's right next to the Muskinekong River. Yeah. And it, it had water power probably for running the strata and so on. Yeah, there was, um, I fish back there all the time. This is, uh, this is in Hackestown, by the way. It's down, down by Stephen State Park. Um, yeah. And I, I fish back there all the time. And there's always these jettisoned uh, dams. They look like dams. Um, but they're remains of either floodways or mills. And yeah. either I mean, they're bread mills or they're cider mills or sawmills. Sawmills, yep. Most of them were. Yep, all sawmills, yep. Because grist mills wouldn't be out in the middle of the nope. woods like that. Nope. Um, and, but also, the Muskinekong was the most worked on trout stream in the state of New Jersey. So, all those rifts that go across it that fishermen built up with boulders are probably for just making pools deeper for the fish. Wow. These are these are uh, cement blocks. They're not rocks. No, they're rocks. No, the ones that you're talking about are the ones that yeah. I'm talking oh, the about, ones are, that you're talking about. Are, are man-made forms of of rock, whether it be cement or not. Um, but it's just interesting that you know how much power they would harness naturally through the river to do their work. Yeah. You don't see that these days. Everything's all on fossil fuel or electricity. Well, I mean, it wasn't that convenient. You know, probably it was only a few months of the year that there was enough water flowing to do the, do the work. They just build up bell trees and pile them up until the time was right. Right. But still, you know. Have you taken your kids to Waterloo Village? Yeah. And we just went there the other day. Yep. Yep. There's some pretty cool things in there. Yeah. I mean, the sawmill, which... Uh, you know, it's got most of the equipment there, and I don't know. I'm afraid that people are going to just make off with it. Right. Um, I brought my grandkids down there, and they went down into the bowels of it where the water is managed below the level where the sawmills are. And it's pretty cool down there. Okay. So we, uh, we've gone through. Three, four ciders? I think it's four, right? 
Yeah, we've gone through four, three this this uh, this segment, and uh, I think we're gonna take a bit of a pause here for the moment, and uh, we'll come back and we'll actually discuss uh, parasiters. And we'll see what the difference kind of is between a pear cider and an apple cider. And uh, we'll get everybody's thoughts around the table as to what they like a little bit better than the other. And maybe uh, some other thoughts in there as well. So, I'm game. Uh, pear yeah. cider is one of my favorites. So. Sounds okay. like a plan, right? Okay. okay we'll be back. Perry. like to ask you guys to review what what you've yeah. had so far you, you started with the woodchuck started with woodchuck cycle. went to magners correct and cider boys to ducks so myself uh probably the first and the last i would say were my tops but they were they were that intermediate ground they were that not too dry not too sweet sort of sort of beers the 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 woodchuck had the uh, the woodchuck amber, I think, was the one that it was. The uh, they, had, they had that apple flavor in there, mm -hmm. definitely reminiscent of. I think was that the one we described as being the champagne, a fake champagne apple one. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Yep, it definitely had that 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 big apple, carbonated apple, almost like apple juice. Didn't really taste any of the alcohol in there. Then the Magners had that funk to it. A little watered down. A little watered down. A little bit of that funk. Um, that was the Irish cider. And then the cider boys was the complete opposite of the others that went to the sweet end of stuff. Candy apple. Candy. Yeah. Candy apple, a lot of sugar in there. Definitely easy drinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Doc's draft took it to the whole other perspective and dried. Best one out there for me was Doc's draft. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would agree on the fact that I, I like that one a lot. Um, between, between that and Woodchuck, I mean. I'm not a fan of Woodchuck. I don't think I'll ever be a fan of Woodchuck. Yeah, and the others. Just I, because I, you don't like Woodchucks? Woodchucks would if you only Woodchuck. I think the, the amber is the is the least sweet of their side. The other ones are really over yeah. the top. Although I think now they have um, uh, whatever that green apple. That's uh, Woodchuck does have a green apple cider now. Yeah. 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 And that one may be Granny I, Smith. I, it's Granny Smith. Oh, Granny, Granny Smith. Smith right. Granny Smith apples. Yeah, I, I imagine that one's not gonna be so sweet. Well, talking about Woodchuck here, our next uh next one we got going on. We we mentioned we're gonna get kind of into more parasiters here or parries. Yeah. Uh it's we're starting off with a woodchuck uh hard parasiter. So let's see how this We'll kind of compare this overall to ciders and then to other. See how delicate it pours? Yeah. Almost like water. It really does pour almost like water. And it's yeah. nearly clear. Right. It's like the color of a pear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm still getting that 
still getting that um the funk the funk flavor that you get from but i'm not mm -hmm. you know I, I can't remember the one i've had recently that's it's very resinous it's really like certain kinds of pears that are this isn't bad i just can't get over the smell like for me yeah scent is everything I this one this one is definitely a stronger sharper aroma than the others it uh very different than the apple ciders almost has got like a like some kind of heather in it like a, a very faint spice that's more savory than anything hmm. but it's not it's it's the result of pears and it's it's like to me, when you when when we had the apple ciders, you could taste. It's almost like when you're drinking a. Uh, it, it, it reminded me a bit when you're drinking a, uh, an energy drink, and it's got a certain flavor to it. It's got almost like a watered down flavor of right. that flavor. Right. That's kind of what's really coming through in this. It's, yeah, I'm gonna move things on a little bit because this. I want to compare the other ciders or the other pear ciders because, okay. I think this. Now we're gonna go into Magners. So we went to. We had um, woodchuck, and you know that's not bad. It's not really bad. It's different than apple cider. Um, Do you want another glass? No, I'm good. No, we're good with this. This is fine. I, I just wanted to revisit this again. There's almost like a soapiness to this hmm. smell. Hmm. Some uh, kind of a perfumey aroma. Perfumey aroma. Yeah. Mm. And that flavor comes through very subtly, but pears are always subtler than, than apples. Yes. The juice that we pressed out of the pears was phenomenal. And you can tell the difference. One's a lot clearer, one's yellow. Uh, what kind of pears were they? I don't know. Bartlett, maybe? I have no idea. I just bought some pears. It starts with an F. Varello. They're beautiful looking things. Kind of yellow to bright red. And I think I've had them before, but these are the best one yeah again i'm pouring now we're doing the magners like we did woodchuck and magners cider doing woodchuck and magners perry okay let's see the difference hmm? oh, is that funk, funk again, again. Yeah, yeah it's like that that irish funk oh that's got a lot of the funk. yeah see yeah. i think i think i'm starting to understand your taste buds there i think bob likes the funk I have my. You, know, you can tell by the way he dresses and dances. Bob yeah. likes the funk. <laughs> yeah, sweaty socks are my favorite breakfast foods. <laughs> no, in this one I'm getting like. There's that meaty flavor again. Yep. The docks has that funk too. Yeah. It did have a little yeah. bit in there. Little. I don't know this what has. Call that. This is different. Yeah, I just took I just took a sip of Boy, this. That's really. That I mean, that's seriously time? challenging. I don't. Now, none of you guys have been over there. You were actually there the other day. I'm I'm currently stripping paint from yes. my brewery. Yes. And the paint uh, remover that I'm using is like an eco-friendly, non-volatile, non-caustic cleaner, but it's got this smell Scent. to it. Yep, that's it right there. And once I tasted this, I felt that that flavor or that like that smell came through in the flavor a little bit in the background i'm like oh 
And I felt, I feel every time I leave the building, I smell it so often. I'm never going to forget that smell. And now uh-huh. being away from the building and drinking something, I'm a little upset. <laughs> You're a little upset. I'm a little upset the fact that it, this this flavor seems to follow me everywhere I go. Yep. You know, <laughs> one of the problems this could have, and we don't know, yep. is the importation. It could be. Because it does have to cross the pond. Excuse me. Yeah, but it could also be exactly that. Their house strain of yeast that makes it gives it that flavor. Yeah, it could be their whatever yeast they're using gives that little bit of funk to it. I wish they would tell you what kind of pears. Hmm. It's different, but they're similar. They're, it's different, but it's similar in, in sense. So we're we're actually sniffing the bottle now to see. Yeah, yeah. Very. They very both have a funk. Funk. But they're different. But they are different. And I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's solvent-y. just the pear versus apple. The apple aroma is stronger than pear. And I'm wondering if that's coming through with the funk as opposed to this is just funk because there really isn't much pear Could be. aroma. Right. Could be. I wish they would put what kind of pears they used on their on their bottles, but they don't they don't actually delve into that. They don't. I mean, it's a shame because you know most craft brewers will tell you, oh, Crystal 60's in here or uh, victory malt or some biscuit malt or some vienna malts uh-huh. in here and they, they don't oh, say magnus tells you it's the best quality pears the best quality pears <laughs> ripened pears and this says uh pear is ideal for when you want a woodchuck that's a little outside of the ordinary artificially or artfully balanced and aged in small batches and the ingredient list includes hard pear cider as their first ingredient and then pear juice for flavoring so they must back sweeten with uh-huh. pear juice. Well, they That's have hard cider and pear juice. Back sweetening. Same yeah. thing with this. They have uh, hard cider. You know, I want to. You, and you pear juice. Me, uh, intrigued. Pear juice and smell the stuff you're using on your bricks. Yeah, after after this, we'll have to go over to the brewery and smell the bricks and say it smells like pear cider. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so so that's interesting then, guys. So if if both the woodchuck and the magners are claiming that they put pear juice into as as some sort of back sweetening mm-hmm. or or aroma agent, you know, is is that typical, Warren and Matt, of when you're making a perry um, yourself that, that that it loses a lot of the pear aroma, or are these guys just oh, trying yeah. to water it down too much? No, it does. It loses when you're yeah. when you're doing this at home and you're making your own apple cider, you're drying it out to almost nothing. Yeah, you don't really have that control. Um, Unfortunately, brewers and breweries, professional brewers, the likes of Matt, don't have the capability to do apples. State of New Jersey does not let you do that. Ooh, yeah, they thank don't? you. Nope, they don't let you mix unless it's fifty percent grain. If I'm a brewery, I make beer. Right. If I'm a winery, I can do yeah. anything. <laughs> I just can't distill. The nerve. As long as, as long as he has to have fifty percent of his. Fifty percent of my ingredients grist. has to be malt grain. Yeah. You know, just to, not to dwell too much on this, but the um, the stuff you're using to remove paint um, is something that you use to remove wallpaper. It's his pear stuff that um, he fermented the other day. That's an enzyme. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, the stuff that glues the wallpaper on is starch, and it's probably 
the same kind of enzyme that produce that makes starch into sugars. You can take the, the chemist sugars are out of the lab, but you can't but this take the is, lab out of the chemist. But the stuff that's going on over here is it, it's eaten through thirty layers of paint in a couple yeah. of hours. And this I stuff know. eats through thirty layers of hair. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. have, they have <laughs> always bring it back. What's that word? 30, thirty layers of stomach. Of stomach. Yeah. 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 In two hours. Yeah, just a single bag. <laughs> yeah, just one sip of it. <laughs> Now, is that all the pairs that we have? The Perry? That's right. Those right, are good. our two Perry's to kind of compare that, between. That was, and, that was a six uh, pack of brews. Yeah, that was a six pack of brews. And the Perry's um, was an interesting twist on our ciders. Do any of you guys sure. prefer the Perry's to the cider? No. I would take Doc's draft over any of these. Yeah. And honestly, the second one would have to be the Cider Boys for me. Really? Just to have something sweet. Okay. Um, on the balance side of that, I agree with Doc's craft. Tooth. My second though would be the uh, the woodchuck. Woodchuck, woodchuck oh, Perry. The wood no woodchuck. No, no the woodchuck. The woodchuck cider. Regular apple cider. Uh -huh. What I'd like to see happen though is that these cideries start talking to the people about what kind of apples they use instead. Of just... Yeah, kind of break it down a little bit. Let people because that really is what pushed or really helped home brewing out is when. You were able to start cloning different beers that you liked. I mean, you, you still went out and bought the regular beer, but well, you were if, able to clone If they're using apples in, let's say, Doc's Draft that I can't get around here, I don't <laughs> give a shit it doesn't about. Make it well, no, it doesn't you just want to know it. I just want to know. Because yeah. I think that's what makes well, I mean, it interesting. The latest issue of Ale Street News really has a lot of good information about it. Pairs? It makes you want to go visit, go drive around. Paint state. thinner? A lot of these things are not that far from... <laughs> what's that? Paint no, I keep drinking this stuff in my glass. I keep putting it up like, what, why do I do this? Now, what's interesting that they have on the label is that um, hard cider. Yeah. Are they talking about pear cider or apple cider? It doesn't make a difference. And, and they, they have to pear say. Juice. Yeah. Like so, so in other words, it's, it's just it's fermented. Apple cider is it apple cider with, with pear juice back sweetening? Is it apple cider? Which makes no, sense. Pears are expensive. I mean, why not? They apples. make... Heart, they make Red's apple ale out of malt, and they oh. call it an apple ale. But this, but the flavor that's coming through in that has no. There must be apple. There must be some definition of cider that says it's the fruit. It's yeah, the juice it's of a fruit, but it's cider. not wine. But, but I, I have no idea what. The well, I think it's. I, I think it's alcohol percentage. Is an alcohol percentage? What? What? Alcohol percentage by big, taxation. Yep. What differs? Barley, barley, barley wine. Yeah. Wine. Definitely, you can make a grape cider, I guess, if you really wanted to, and you make it at four percent. Right. Yeah. So, what would that be? Table wine, right? So, I'm I'm just dumbfounded that they would list it like that. Hard cider, not say hard pear cider. I think it's just ridiculous. Yeah. They have to freaking list the ingredients on here. You don't have to do that with beer. How many times have you turned around a bottle of beer and saw the nutrition facts on the back? That's partly the reason why. One of the reasons is because they they say it's gluten free. So they're sure they have to list that. They have to list that, something. Yeah. The other thing is that's partly. You have to list that it's been processed properly so you don't get poisoned. Yeah. We talked about earlier. Oh, so you're saying that's the beer makers made the cider makers jump through additional hoops? Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. Probably, yeah. Funny. Yep. I'm sure there's a lot more stipulations on regulations about making cider than there are about making beer. And Matt will tell you that there's a thousand fucking regulations on making beer. If, if, if I wanted to sell my beer at a chain restaurant, I would have to get the nutritional facts of that beer to them to them for them to have behind the bar in case anybody asks right. how much sugar is in my beer yeah. they would get and maybe maybe mm -hmm. they do that for that reason too so and it's expensive yeah. sending it out to a lab to have it 
analyze for all the things for a small batch in. i mean if it was like a one-off sort of thing it'd be and the fact is you know you have to so if you then you're barrel. kind of you're held on the account that that batch cannot vary there goes carton you know, oh dub <laughs> let's make a beer for every cool. town in new jersey yeah <laughs> there are a bunch of lawyers what do they care <laughs> carton oh dub so it sounds like then as we're picking up this new microphone, every little no, every sure. little sound. Clink, clink, clink. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was, was a fly party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it sounds like the docs is uh, the runaway winner. Yeah. Um, of of the night. Yeah, the docs. I mean, it's it, also probably the freshest it, it's coming from New York. It's probably the freshest and probably the most expensive one you bought tonight. Oh, by far. Yeah. So that, that does say a little bit, and I don't think that has anything to do with why, but the quality in that docs is very similar to the quality that you would get at, at doing it at home. So, very good. And I will always attest that homebrew is the best beer that you can ever make because it's the freshest beer you'll ever make. But so, still go out to your local brewery and drink beer. Yes, yeah, support your local brewery. <laughs> craft beer. Yes, craft. Is, is akin to homebrew. Yeah, that's C R A F T, not C R A P. Yes, <laughs> craft. <laughs> PhD. <laughs> so, boys, what are we gonna do next month? What's oh, we got, we got some good stuff wow. next month. Yeah, well, well um, you know, I was dreading this, but it's fun. next month. There's definitely fun. a local uh, craft beer tap room that's around the corner from us. Um, they're having a barreled brew fest. Gnarly brews, and that's uh, Phillipsburg. Yes, that starts at two and goes to six for the VIPs. They charge fifty-eight dollars per what person. What was it? November fourteenth. Right, and then November for the general 14th. emissions, forty-eight dollars, three to six. You over twenty barrel age brews, um, plus standard fifty rotating taps available. Live entertainment featuring Frank Black. Anyone know who Frank Black is? No, no. not a clue. <laughs> I used to. He's a famous artist. He was with a big band, and I can't remember what. My wife's like, I can't believe Frank Black is there. She said who he was, and I can't. The Pixies. He's Maybe it was with the Pixies. I think so. Anyway, souvenir tasting glass included with the ticket and food available for purchase. Uh, for more information, go to www.gnarlybrews.com or like them on Facebook or call 908-777-3705. Be there, be square. We're going to be there after hours talking about the event, talking about barrel-aged brews and hopefully uh, getting him on board and Having him discuss why he chose the beers he chose. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic event. If he's coherent. Yeah. <laughs> if we're all coherent. Yeah. Well, um, the food is probably from Mariana's, an Italian restaurant in the same building. Okay. That um, it has uh, a, a black guy that's the maitre d', and he's apparently a trained opera singer. And I bring my grandkids there for birthday. Yeah. Uh, for one of them and he's i didn't know he was anything about this but i hear him singing belting out a rendition of happy birthday <laughs> that's not to be believed maybe we'll have to and go so there and ask him if he could like, do hey, it for it's bob's birthday and on that note again I hate as, we, was, as we diverse you know so we're talking about Opera singers and paint thinner this episode. Yeah. Yes. Next episode. Uh, oh, don't forget about Bob's gluten-free pickle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll 
We'll be sure to bring that next I was gonna bring, yeah. I was going to bring some of them tonight. You <laughs> didn't bring your good free pickle with yes. you. Apparently it's detachable. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. Note, Cheers. Until so, next time. So are we over? That's it. Apparently, I was muted. <laughs> Something is seriously wrong. Nope, I'm on mute. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm covered in shit. <laughs> Just realizing how goddamn dirty I am. <laughs> so I never cross the streams. I don't want to know what happens when you cross the stream. <laughs> Hello, elf. <laughs> All right, Matt, give me a testing. Test. Test, 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 test. <laughs> Till we tell Bob to shut up. <laughs> We're actually going to add a apple crunching track to this later. <laughs> this is a good fucking apple. <laughs>